Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. My name is Vince, and as I told you a few weeks ago, I'm a father of two young boys, and I uh, love them to death. I'm a happy father, but sometimes a stressed father. So as I guess a bit of therapy, let's dive back into the topic of parenthood. And the reason why we're doing this is because we just got a bunch of good stories that fit into that theme. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do three from Entitled Parents, Hope I'm Never One. Then we've got one from Just No Mother-in-Law, and then one that fits into the topic of parenthood, fatherhood. And uh, this one is actually, uh, it's going to be from r slash pro revenge. Let's, uh, let's kick it off, shall we? From user Neurothic, the title, Do Not Mess With an Angry Mama Bear. A couple of weeks ago, my son four was sick, had a bad stomach flu that he could not shake. Since he didn't get better after five days and he barely responded to questions, I called the doctor's office. They were worried, so they wanted to see him. Off to the doctor's office. We have a lovely doctor who told me that my son needed oral rehydration salts, ORS, and that when uncomfortable, he could have a suppository or other painkiller for children. Since I didn't have anyone at the moment that could take care of my son, I brought him with me to the nearest pharmacy for those two things. I put my son in a cart of the supermarket that was in the same little mall type building on a pillow so he was more comfortable and off we went. ORS was easily found. Not many people needed, especially in the winter. Children's suppository were harder to find. Thankfully, I found the last pack at the back of the shelves and my son wanted to hold the medicines. Sure, here little man, here it is. Don't do anything with it. Since I was eager to get him home, I hurried to the checkout. As I was standing in line, I was looking at some other things for sick kids that they had behind the counter, thinking if I could use something. I looked back at my son to see how he was feeling and he made a sound. I turned to see a hand grabbing my son's hand with the pack of suppositories. I look at the fool who had the nerve to do such a thing. Enter the entitled mother. My son starts crying and screaming. Before I could react, she wrenches that pack from my son. She starts screaming that she has a sick child at home and she needs it more than my son. I tell her that my son is sick as well and that he had it first. Then this poor excuse of a living being had the audacity to say that I was lying. My son had lost several pounds in less than a week because he was so sick and he looked bad. He felt even lighter than my daughter who's two years younger than her big brother. I was sick with worry. My son needed to get the ORS in his system 
he needed to shake this stomach flu or otherwise a little stay in the hospital during Christmas became a not so fun but real option. Our doctor was very adamant that he needed to get the ORS and fluids to prevent this. My son was crying while climbing out of the cart. While I picked him up and held him, I raised my voice and told this piece of crap that I didn't care if I thought she was lying. I remained calm but let her have it. I had lost every ounce of patience that I normally have. The increasing worry of the past few days, the lack of sleep, as he needed his mama so much, even at night, was wearing me down. I saw red and I can't remember everything. People who were in the pharmacy and at the cash registers of the supermarket heard me. I asked her what piece of trash takes something out of the hands of a child, a sick child no less, and that my son was sick was not even a point of discussion. That was visible. She tried backing away. I followed her. Every time she opened her mouth, I talked over her. Eventually, the manager came and told her to return what she had taken. This entitled mother didn't give them to me right away. But when she did, she threw the suppositories on the floor and then left. I was shaking while I paid for what I had. The manager of the pharmacy and the supermarket sat me down, gave us some water. They talked to me, calmed me down. When I had calmed down enough, I went home where I continued taking care of my son. Later that day, my father-in-law came. It turns out that he heard the entire thing, but he didn't realize it was me. He heard from a friend and connected the dots. He had a great laugh. Thankfully, my son recovered without the need of a hospital stay. Another one from r slash entitled parents from the user addicted to Smirnoff, titled... My best friend's entitled stepdad is charging her 750 bucks for not loading the dishwasher. My best friend Ellie moved back in with her mom and stepdad two years ago. She has two brothers, Ben and JJ, that also live in that tiny trailer. Yesterday, Ellie and her stepdad got into an argument over the dishes. She's been working 10-hour night shifts the entire week and was too tired to load the dishwasher. She just started a new job as a supervisor in a grocery store. He lit into her, calling her fat and lazy and other nasty things. Then, the following morning, Wednesday, January 3rd, she sent me a screenshot of the message he sent her. This is verbatim. Ellie. For this incident to be forgotten, you will owe me personally $350 and we will be adding $400 to your rent this month. We treat you no different from Ben. If you refuse to accept this punishment, then you have a week from this Sunday to move out. Also in the meantime, you are expected to still help out with what is needed. JJ needs to be picked up at 6.30 tonight. If you refuse to help out, you will be out of this house by Sunday at noon. The ball is in your court. I expect answers by the time I get home tonight. I am beyond furious that this slimeball has the audacity to say that they treat her no differently from her brothers. Her brother Ben is 18 working a full-time job and does not have to pay rent or bills or is expected to help out around the house like she is. All this time she's been struggling to save money so she can return to school and study programming. But this bully keeps knocking her down for the littlest transgressions. Her mother does nothing to help her, and neither do her brothers. She's stuck in a cramped, unwelcome trailer with a monster for a patriarch. I just found out that her regular rent is $400. That means he's asking her for $1,150 total. 
I'm also trying to convince her to at least consult a lawyer, though. A free legal advice site suggested from the North Dakota Legal Self-Help Guide. Edit to update. We've safely and successfully moved her into a room in our basement. She will finally have her own space and bathroom. She says she will go low contact with her parents. This one again from r slash entitled parents from user Nagineo101. The title is My Sister and I Deprive Two Pumpkin Smashers of Good Candy and Food. Back in 1995, we had a tradition to let our dad carve the first pumpkin for Halloween as a part of his birthday. We would take pictures and enjoy a celebration. My dad's birthday is October 29th and we end it on the 31st. My mom, myself, and sister spend three days celebrating him. When his pumpkin was smashed by two little evil monsters, EK1 and EK2, my sister and I did not take it lightly. We knew who these kids are because there were witnesses to the crime. So my sister and I had a plan and we decided to make a new pumpkin that we put in the window and we decorated the house with ghost and haunted house sounds from my stereo. We went to a dollar store and bought the cheapest candy for those boys. We weren't gonna give them the good stuff that we gave our friends and neighbors. On Halloween, we dressed up, did our trick or treating with our friends came home to our dad's traditional food, an amazing meatball dish that is a family secret. We were wolfing these down as we see the two boys come up. You have to admit, these kids were brave. EK1 rings the bell. I come to the door holding a bowl of meatballs in one hand and toss the cheap candy at them before they could say trick or treat. I smile as they take a bite of the meatball. EK2, that's it? Me, yeah. We had to go get our dad a new birthday pumpkin. Sister, do you expect us to be made of cash? EK1, that's not fair, everyone else got. Me, why do you deserve the same? EK2, silence. EK1, we'll tell. We start to laugh and then slam the door in their face. Around 10 p.m. or so, our mother came in our rooms and said we did something to the two boys. We both come down to see this lady. She told my mother we denied her boys candy. My mom just rolled her eyes as we explained what we saw. The lady was a total entitled mom. She just decided to say that we should have shared our food and candy instead of slamming the door in their face. She demanded we apologize. And this is when my sister who was glaring at the woman like she was a piece of trash said, no, we won't apologize until they apologize to our dad. They smashed his pumpkin and ruined his birthday. We don't care what punishment we get, make them apologize. That entitled mother just stared at her two boys, who were right behind her and asked if it was true. EK1 admitted that yes, they smashed the pumpkins, it was no big deal to them. A pumpkin is not a birthday gift. My sister and I still did not apologize, and we told our mom until EK1 and EK2 apologized to our dad, we won't say a word. Our mom just told the entitled mom, quote, I can't make them apologize to your boys. What they did was wrong, and we will press charges if we see your sons near our house again." Unquote. Yes, I remember this because it was the most important moment for us growing as we treasure our dad. I still do. My mom may be a nightmare to deal with, but my dad is important. My mom did say she was proud of us for not backing down and planning this without her. 
She did say we should have included her in this as she could have made the boys apologize. We never got an apology and honestly we didn't expect one, though I do hope those boys choked on those chiclets candy because they deserved bad karma. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. From r slash just no mill, or just no mother-in-law, Posted by Bridget Student. She won't even call the baby by her name, and I feel like this is just the beginning. Okay, I've read many sad and some horrific stories about people's relationships with their mother-in-laws becoming especially challenging during pregnancy. I figured I would deal with a little extra entitlement, a little extra nitpicking, a few extra shady comments. But this, I straight up don't know how I can deal with this, or even if I can, if I should. I've had ups and downs with my mother-in-law, but at the end of the day, until very recently, I still felt grateful she was reasonable. She's made comments and insinuations that I didn't care for, usually about my size. I wear a 12 to 14, about the same as an average American woman, but whatevs. But sometimes about my career goals and other issues. She never makes comments when my husband is around. He wouldn't accept that, but even in his presence, she could be stubborn and controlling. However, she has also shown me kindness when he wasn't around. Whenever I've expressed a need for help, she has always done what she can for me and never asked for anything in return. I came to really appreciate that nurturing side of her and naturally thought she would make a loving and caring grandmother. We no longer live in the same area and we're pretty far away now. All the discussion we've had since I've become pregnant have been over the phone or on FaceTime. She was very excited for this news and she was ecstatic when she found out our baby is a girl. Right away, she asked if we'd be willing to give our daughter a particular style of name, the style she used when naming my husband. My husband immediately told her we wouldn't be as we've already decided on a name. Let's say it's Sophie. And she took it really hard. She was hurt and despondent the rest of the call. I felt guilty, but figured that it would blow over. If only. We spoke a handful of times over the next month or so. She didn't raise the issue whatsoever. I had already moved on to broaching her travel arrangements for the baby shower. Yesterday, my husband came home from work in a mood. He explained that his mom was driving him crazy, but I didn't expect it to be for the reason he told me. He said that his mom matter-of-factly informed him that she wouldn't be calling our daughter Sophie, but Stella instead. My first response was to laugh it off, but my husband felt really sour about the whole thing. 
And the longer I thought about it, the more it started to rub me the wrong way too. I felt like if I just allow her to call our daughter whatever she wants, that she'll continue practicing that with any aspect she feels like. It's hard to come up with specific examples of what that might look like. And I don't know if I'm being paranoid, but I feel like this is just the first step to a lifetime of her making decisions about my daughter without any regard for our feelings. It's not that I hate the name Stella. It just feels controlling and petty that she cannot have things her way to the point where she would go to these lengths. If she naturally developed a nickname for Sophie after spending time with her and decided she wanted to call Sophie that, I wouldn't fault her. But this is a deliberate move on her part to challenge us. Or that's how it feels. I feel disrespected. The final story for today is from r slash pro revenge. Posted by A Quiet Borderline, the story is titled Operation Let It Go. My dad just shared a story about my late Uncle Dale, his lifelong friend and fellow engineer. So in his memory, I present to you the tale of nepotism, engineering students, and Edina Menzel. Uncle Dale was a senior engineer at a small firm in the Midwestern USA and engineering instructor at the local community college. He was also unofficially in charge of the office parties. To help offset the costs, he had a small tin box on a table outside of his office with a slot in it so anyone could donate money to the party fund. Everyone knew about it and were happy to donate. A month or so before the company's big Christmas party, Uncle Dale decided to check out the box. Lo and behold, it was empty. Uncle Dale knew something was wrong because he had seen several colleagues putting money in the box. This could only mean one thing. Someone was stealing money from the party fund. At this moment, Brad, the owner's nephew and fellow engineer, came around the corner, and something about the way Brad was looking at him made Uncle Dale suspicious. Brad didn't have a good reputation around the office, to say the least. He had a reputation of being pushy, obnoxious, rude, and just plain entitled. Unfortunately, he was not only the owner's beloved nephew, but knew how to skirt the rules so he would not get fired. Uncle Dale decided to set a trap to catch the thief. Using his engineering skills, he set up a hidden rig using a hidden doorbell camera right by the box. He then had a colleague loudly brag about how he contributed 100 bucks to the party fund. He then waited. He got a notification that the camera was recording and watched Brad open the empty box, scowl in disgust, and throw the box against the wall. Now, you'd think this would end with Uncle Dale presenting the video evidence to his boss to get Brad fired, but oh no. As I mentioned in a previous post, if there's one thing engineers love, it's solving problems. And if it's engineering students, they'll make it an experience to remember. Uncle Dale then went to his engineering students. He offered them extra credit to come up with a rigged box that would make a noise when open. The more obnoxious the sound, the higher the bonus. One week later, they delivered their project and demonstrated how it worked. Pleased with the results, Uncle Dale awarded them extra credit as promised. The next day, he set up the rigged box and proclaimed, well, isn't this nice? Someone donated 50 bucks to the party fund. Then he went to his office and waited. The engineering students had rigged the box with one of those inserts from cards that play music when you open them. 
By popular vote, they had picked Let It Go from the Disney movie Frozen, right around the time the song was beginning to become unpopular. They also managed to ensure that once opened, the box couldn't close unless you pressed a hidden side button releasing the hinge. So the song would continue to play. For extra funsies, they made sure to angle the insert for maximum volume and secured it down with industrial strength glue. Sure enough, everyone in the office heard Indina Menzel belting the hated song and Brad's frustrated grunts while trying to close the box. One of those attracted by the sound was Brad's uncle. Finally, Brad chucked the box at the wall, managing to put a good-sized dent in it. The uncle then summoned Brad to his office. Fifteen minutes later, Brad left with a cardboard box and cleared out his desk, along with a note in his file, do not hire, do not recommend. So his engineering career was over. That Christmas, Uncle Dale had a little video prepared to show the party, the doorbell camera that had caught Brad's attempt to steal from the box, all to the tune of Let It Go. Well, guys, thank you for being with us. And the RR Show is a production of Evergreen Podcast and Wessler Media. If you'd be so kind, you can follow us or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're feeling extra nice, leave us a five-star review. But if you want more, you can go to rrshow.com. That's rrshow.com. I'm your host, Vince Tornero. Thanks to my producer, Kevin Skubak. And we'll see you next time right here on the RR Show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.